Hey, what's up? It's JJ. We are finally on episode nine of the first season. We're on home now. If uh, you're noticing a sound in the background, that's my air conditioner, but it's really fucking hot and I'm not shutting it off. Um, so home, there, a lot of things happen, things happen. Um, and I have issues with this episode. I know a lot of people really do like this episode because they go back, you know, well, home and you get the introduction of Missouri and you finally get to see John and Mary uh, that, you know, Mary after she dies. Um, I have, I have, I have a major issue and we will get to it. So let's fucking go. So it opens with a mother and a daughter in their new home. And the little girl whose name is Sari is going to bed. And she asks the mom, Jenny, to put a chair in front of her closet. But once alone, the chair like moves and the door opens, revealing a figure engulfed in flames. Meanwhile, the mom is downstairs and hears noises and she thinks it's like rats. And she goes to the basement to investigate where she finds a box of items from, the previous, from previous tenants, the Winchester. Sam wakes up after having nightmares of his former home and he draws up this tree um, from the nightmare and he figures out that, you know, where the case is next, back home, back to Lawrence, Kansas. And Sam kind of opens up about the nightmares and how they sometimes come true. And um, he talks about dreaming of Jess's death. And in this scene, you know, it's a hint of what's to come with these special children. We um, saw a bit of Sam's powers and psychic abilities so far. And more and more, we're seeing more of that. And I really like Sam's powers. And I think that I know they had their own arc. And then a new arc came up, which was the Demon Blood arc. But I really think, I wish he kept some of those powers. Because it would come in so much handy if he just learned how to harness them. You know? And also, just gotta say, like, in this scene, like, Dean has such beautiful eyelashes. I don't know, I'm just saying. But, but back to Sam, the whole, like, special powers and the special children and the demon blood and everything that came with it, it would have came in so much handy. And I have this really big problem with the writing of Sam, you know, um, and I've said it before, and I will continue to say this. It, it's like they had these really great arcs for him and it just, they fizzle out, they get to that ending and nothing comes from it. Um, you know, even when we get later on in this show, when we get to, like, the Men of Letters and we see Sam kind of, like, finding a place within the Men of Letters, nothing ever comes of it. We see him, you know, leading these, this group of hunters that come in and nothing comes of it again. I really like seeing him work with Rowena and work with Witchcraft, which Sam is my, I love it so much. I'm not really, like, I don't read a lot of fics that aren't like based around ships. Um, I am a big fan of case fics. Um, if you know me, I'm not really into AUs. I mainly read like bunker fics and case fics and stuff set within canon. They're always like relationship based. And when I read fics that are not relationship based or that, like, yeah, there might be a relationship, like maybe Dean and Cass are a couple in it, but like that's not the focus. And it's more focused on the case. I really love the ones with Witch Sam. Um, yeah, like, I, I don't know. I think that just, just, there's, they could have done so much with Sam and they didn't. And I really like seeing these arcs where they do have him doing something, um, and seeing how he grows as a character. And especially now he's so young and just everything's so new to him, even though he's had years and years and years of experience now with the supernatural and with hunting, we are going to learn as we have been learning it wasn't exactly what you think it would be. You know, you would think that like, oh, he's been around a while. He's been doing this a while. You know, he's been hunting with Sam. And he's been hunting with Dean and their dad. That, oh, he must know all this stuff. No, because not even Dean does. Because John did, which is what we're going to be getting to in just a bit in this episode. Um, but moving on, they decide to go back home to Lawrence to the house. And this is where our story really starts to pick up. So the boys go to the house, uh, their old home. And of course, this brings up all these emotions and feelings because this is the first time Dean and Sam have been back. Sam doesn't remember this place. You know, he was six months old when they left. 
Um, but Dean does. He was four. He remembers it. And um, it's just, it's a lot, you know. And I, I can't, I can't imagine what Dean is going through. Sam, it's a different story. He doesn't remember. He was a baby. He has only heard the stories of home and that night. He doesn't have a memory of it. But Dean does. And for something like that to happen at such a young age has such a huge effect. And uh, later on, I'm going to be talking about the John Journal. Um, So uh, after we talk about this episode, I'm getting into part of the John Journal. And over the next few episodes, not every, not the next few episodes, but like here and there um, throughout the rest of the first season, I will be going into the John Journal a bit by bit. Putting out there right now, I know it's not technically canon, but there's so much from it that makes sense and, um, you know, go along with the show that I, I do consider it canon myself. And for the purposes of this show itself, it is canon here. Um, stuff like the anime, the comics, and the books, I don't consider canon. The anime is a bit different because, like, it does... A lot of it's the same within, like, the live, you know, the, the original show, the live-action show, but there's a lot of differences, especially fucking Bobby. Bobby bothers me so much in that. Um, but as far as the comics, a lot of the stuff in the comics is just from the job journal. Um, like, you'll see stuff with, um, you know, what happened immediately after and, like, his first hunts and um, stuff like that. Um, but... Moving on. So we get to meet the mom and the daughter. The daughter's name is Sari. The mother's name is Jenny. And I think the little boy's name is like Richie or something. I don't remember now. But so they go there and uh, they're like, hey, you know, like we're Sam and Dean. You know, we used to live here. And she invites them in, having recognized them from the photo that she had found earlier. And she tells them about like issues in the house. Like she thinks that she hears rats and like electrical issues. Um, and it sounds a lot like ghosts and stuff like that. And at least the Dean, you can tell, like, see, like, the will start turning in his head. And sorry, you know, the little girl tells them of the thing in her closet. So Dean, they, they end up leaving, and Dean starts talking about what he remembers that night. And he tells Sam that he's the one who carried Sam out of the house, which Sam didn't know. And, you know, of course, we know that. We see that in the beginning. And John, John never told him his theories on what, on what did, on what killed their, um, killed their mom. And it's, John's a really bad hunter, you know, but he never tells them and doesn't tell them shit. So, which, here's my issue with that. So, like, he sets these boys up for fucking failure, like, he doesn't give them any of his theories on what he thinks it is. He doesn't give them a fucking clue. And he sets them up and takes them hunting and sends them on cases, but doesn't tell them. And all of this is to, all of it is to find the thing that killed their mother. And yet doesn't give them a fucking clue. Maybe if they said, if he said, hey, you know, I I think it might be this thing. It has to do with this. Maybe Sam or Dean, especially Sam, who's like the fucking king of research would be like, I've heard something similar. I think I know what you got. Like, he doesn't, like, he takes his boys for a, a, takes his boys for advantage because Sam is this amazing researcher and yet doesn't say, hey, have you ever heard a case that has anything like this? Have you heard of anything like this in lore? Dean is an amazing hunter and he's just as intelligent and he doesn't say nothing. Because it's never been about the boys and you get people who will try to say, that, oh, John's not a bad father, that he did everything that he everything he did, he did it for the boys. This isn't fucking true. He did it to avenge Mary, and I get it. I If I fucking, my husband woke up, and I'm above him on the fucking ceiling, gut ripped open, on fire, dead, like, I hope he fucking avenges me. But if there's kids involved, be there for your fucking children. John is a worthless piece of shit hunter and he's a deadbeat dad and fuck him. So after this, Sam, what am I saying, Sam? But Dean is like, I gotta go to the bathroom and he goes around the corner and he ends up calling John and like leaves a voicemail just like pleading that like he really needs help. And I know at this point in his life, 
Dean is apprehensive about his father, but still thinks that his father has his best interest and doesn't really, really understand. And it's not to me, like, I know a lot of people say, like, like early season Dean, like, absolutely loved his father, like, and thought he was the best thing ever. Yes, he did. And I think this happens throughout the entire show up until towards the very end. And it's not that he thinks that John is a good father or a good person. I think it's just, you know, just a part of being abused. And um, it's just a part of it. Um, yeah. But this scene reminds me so much of the scene in 13-1, um, Lost and Found, where Dean prays after Jack is born and Cass dies, pleading for help and to bring them back, especially Cass, which... Um, is a scene a lot of us parallel to a scene in Brokeback Mountain, which when we get to that episode a long time from now, we will talk about the parallels more. Um, I mean, I might do an episode um, on its own uh, just on the parallels between Destiel and Brokeback Mountain because it is something that really fascinates me. Um, but to see Dean, like, even it's even shot, it's very similar. Um, but to see, see, to see Dean so broken like that, like, absolutely breaks my heart. You know, like, y'all know how Dean-coded I am and just, like, a massive Dean Kenny and everything. And Dean means a lot to me. And just to see him so broken, it always breaks my heart. And it's going to forever break my heart, you know? But, um... I don't know. I think that, like... Dean just I think like both of the boys are really complex and Castiel too when we get to him especially Cass there's so much with Cass that's it's just I, I'm gonna have like when we get there I don't want to do it until like we you know we're introduced to Cass within the show but I'm gonna have to do like an entire episode on just the complexities of of him but actually all three of the boys like that that might be a good idea because I was thinking about between each season, go into stuff like when we're done with season one, we're going to talk about the um, the anime. We're going to go from the books. We're going to do the John Journal as we go, um, as well as the comics since they you know they go with the journal a lot of them, um, as well as like other stuff and um, and of course in the fall when the Winchesters come out, um, I'll not only be doing this but I also be doing a Winchesters Watch podcast, I guess. Um, within this um so but i think that just like dean i mean it wasn't like honestly I'm, I'm losing focus here um but uh i think i could do like episodes on like all three of them you know um because they they i know like like as the show goes on they kind of like get like one-ended a lot of it especially dean later seasons with his anger but there's just so much to him and he breaks my heart. You know, there's just, there's a lot about, uh, Dean that, and this is one of those episodes that really starts this kind of arc within the first season, this, um, this group of episodes that we really get to start to see Dean as this, how complex he is. And from here up until, um, Faith, um, a lot happens, and I'm very excited to get to Faith. Um, I'm, I'm very, very excited. There's, uh, I there's there's going to be a lot said there. All right, so back to the episode in my incoherent ramblings. Um, can you tell I have ADHD? Anyways, so um, oh, before we get there, I just want to talk about like one thing with um, Dean. It's um, himself is so. Uh, if you didn't notice, I. I am a firm believer that the Winchesters are Jewish. Um, and there is boatloads of evidence for it. But I think what's one thing that's really funny that like I always had canon with Dean's Jewishness is I do think that he is an atheist. Um, and I, I think it's funny because like this man has seen God. He has been face to face with Chuck. And I think he can look Chuck in the fucking eyes and be like, I am an atheist. 
I think when it came to Jack, though, he's not. Like, he's a firm believer. But, like, I don't think it's, like, a belief in God. It's a, I don't give a fuck about you. You know, like, his best friend and the love of his life is an angel. And he can sit there and be like, you are an angel of the Lord. And I can see you and I can physically touch you. And I believe that I believe in you. But fuck your father. Like... I want to know, like, if Chuck and John ever met, like, would they get along? <laughs> I think they would. They're both deadbeat dads, but. So get back to the show. Anyways, how the hell is that man able to do anything with that fucking monkey going off in the room is beyond me. I nope the fuck out of there immediately. But so the boys go to this garage that John used to own and they talk to the man um, running the place now who owned it with John back then in the 80s and they learned that after the fire john didn't really talk about it at first um but then when he did he wasn't really thinking straight and he was saying something caused the fire and killed mary and the man says that like nothing killed her it was an electric fire it was an accident and john started um reading these weird books and started going to a palm reader in town and so they go over the psychic as town and one that one name stands out Missouri Mosley in John's journal the first page reads I went to Missouri and I learned the truth and Dean always thought he meant the state um so we go off they go off to uh see Missouri and I love her so fucking much like the way that she says that Dean was a goofy looking kid sends me and she takes Sam's hand and says that she's sorry about Jess and this is something that later on in the show will be paralleled. Um, cause when we see her again, years from now, um, she does the same thing after Dean loses people, especially Cass. Um, and it's, there's so many parallels with Sam and like other people, like people that he's, uh, dated and lost and how people interact with him that when it comes to like relationships, like romantic relationships that people parallel, to Dean and Cass. Um, I just love her. I also, I love her yelling at Dean so much. Um, but, uh, yeah, she says that, like, um, she's kept an eye on the house and there's been no activity um, and that they believe something is there. Um, so back at the house, um, something undoes does the latch on Richie, the baby's, um, like, little play area and the fridge opens and he falls in. But, like, why is there so much fucking room for him to crawl inside? The shelf that should be in the fridge is, like, on its side in the fridge, like, against the wall. And everything is stacked up on the side. The only thing in the middle is, like, the juice. The sippy cup, right? And, like, there's two cartons of eggs stacked on two containers of juice. That is not stable and not smart at all. That is the worst. That is, like, the fucking worst organized fridge I've ever seen. And, and, like, I've seen my fridge. It's not organized at all. You know what I want? I want one of those fucking, like, y'all see on TikTok, those, like, really organized, like, ASMR, AMSR, something like that, Um, videos where people, like, organizing, like, their kitchens and stuff. And they're, they're the white lady fridges. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Like, I want one of those fucking white lady fridges. And I bought these, like, containers at the dollar store to, like, put everything in. And I think I did it for, like, a week. And then I went grocery shopping again. And I couldn't do it. My fridge is, like, sort of organized by, like, um, you know, I got, like, condiments and stuff on one area. And, like, top shelf is for, like, one thing. I keep, like, um, a lot. I keep, like, most of my dairy up there. Um, and, like, the bottom shelf is, like, meat and stuff like that. And then, like, I have a middle shelf, which is, like, miscellaneous stuff. Um, a lot of leftovers in there. So I do, like, kind of separate, like, my milk, my, my dairies and my meats and stuff like that. Um, and, like, there's an area for, like, fruits and veggies. But that's, that's literally just because I'm kosher, like, no other reasons. But even that isn't organized. And I want to be organized, you know? But, um, anyways, so, uh, Jenny finds him, and we see another cart of eggs that's, like, standing on its side, like, the width ways, not, like, the length ways, like, straight up. How many fucking eggs does this family need? There's only three of them. And it, it's not, like, so that's three cartons of eggs so far. Like, I don't know. I just, I have so many issues with this fucking fridge. Like, I know they needed room for the kid to get in there and something like that. And like, but like, did the poltergeist just like 
carefully like stack all these like cartons of juice and like eggs and like take the shelf down like that's a lot of fucking work you know just just cram the kid in like don't don't think about it just do it anyways missouri calls dean um not the sharpest tool in the shed and he's such a fucking himbo oh god i I love himbo dean so much anyways she tells them that um whatever's in the house isn't the thing that killed mary and that it's more than one spirit they she believes it to be two and that the house is a magnet for paranormal activity and it's attracted a poltergeist and the second spirit like she can't make it out um so trying to put an end to it missouri gathers ingredients to purify the house and they're making um hex bags they don't say that they're hex bags but these are hex bags and they need to put them into the walls like make a hole in the wall and to put it in and this is the first time we see a um hex bags in the show um so dean licks something as well again he's a himbo but i love dean so that night jenny takes the kids out um of the house so that they can get to work putting the hex bags in the walls and as soon as they start doing it, the spirit begins to work against them, throwing knives at Dean, strangling Sam, and pinning Missouri. And I know we see how we see like Dean can deflect and he throws at the table and the knives come through and he can get away. But we don't see what happens to Missouri. Like, I'm sorry, y'all, but like she's not this young twenty something, you know, fit guy like Sam and Dean are. She's this middle aged lady. She just got pinned. How is she getting out? Like, she's fucking strong as shit. Like, fucking Missouri, man. Fucking love her. But, um... So, Dean comes to Sam's rescue as he kicks the wall. This, like, flash of light comes. And, um, the next day, the house is basically, like, in shambles, like, in the kitchen. And, but Missouri says that it's all over. But Sam, you know, he's not really too sure. And, but that night, it starts up again, shaking Jenny's bed. And while watching the house, Sam sees Jenny in the window, just as in his nightmare. So the figure in the closet steps out, and you know they go in. They're trying to rescue everybody. Dean gets um, gets Jenny out, and Sam's still in the house. And the he's trying to get the kids, and the, the figure like engulfed in flames steps out of the closet. And as soon as he gets the kids to safety, um, something gets Sam like drags him away. At this point, Dean goes in and, like, bursts down the door. Just as the figure engulfed in flames steps towards Sam. And Dean goes to shoot it. And Sammy's like, no, stop. Um, he knows who it is. It's their mom. And it's our first time seeing mom. At, seeing mom? Yes, first time seeing their mom after her death. And, you know, my heart breaks just, my heart breaks so much for them right now. You know? It, it, you know, it, Dean, a lot, yeah. I think it's really Sam that my heart breaks right here because he doesn't know his mom. He's never seen her. He doesn't remember her. And he only knows her from photos. And he's finally getting to see her. And it's she's a spirit. You know? I think Mary is a incredibly complex character as well. Um, I, I, I used to be like this massive, massive... Um, Mary and Ty, and if you listen to the Bugs episode, the last episode with my own mom, I kind of talk about something that Sam said at a, um, Samantha Smith said at the New Jersey Con, um, you know, last month, or, well, two months now, almost, um, the other month, um, that, you know, what she did with, like, the British Man of Letters, she did it, you know, for her boys, and, like, she, we knew the truth, and she didn't. And that was this big difference. I think that a lot of things that Mary has done, it has been for the boys. You know, I don't think, you know, like I was saying before, I said, you know, a lot of people say, well, John did it for the boys. No, he did not. But Mary, she did. I think that she does have her boys' interest. You know, her boys in her best interest. But um, she tells them, you know, she tells Sam that she's sorry before she answers him when he asks her for what. She turns around and looks up. And tells the poltergeist to get off her house. And in doing so, she saves her boys and the family that now lives there. Ending it all. No more spirits. Even Mary. Mary um, destroyed herself um, going after it. She, you know, we, we do learn later on that she did, you know, her soul did ascend to heaven. And 
whatnot. But at this point, we didn't really know. We thought, you know, she just destroyed herself completely. Um, and and just the act of doing that, just kind of, we don't talk about this as much when we talk about, like, being anti-Mary. And I still, like, you know, I'm not, like, completely anti-Mary. And I do understand a lot of what she did and the reasons why. Um, it, it's still, there's still a lot of issues with her. But um, we kind of forget that, like, she did this. She sacrificed herself. And I don't think that even she knew what would have happened to her. I don't think she knew that she would, you know, go to heaven or anything like that. And she did it to protect, you know, to protect her boys. But same in Missouri talk. Um, but she doesn't really have the answers for him, for what is happening to him with his powers. And we see her go back to um, her home and we finally get to see John and for the first time. And she says that she could slap John and I wish she fucking would. But... You know, we, we finally get to see John, and so the show's really starting to pick up at this point. And I think, like, from here on out, the rest of the season, like, it just, it gets a lot. It gets a lot. Um, yeah. So, the fucking John Journal. Let's get fucking to it. So, I decided to start the John Journal within the show. I thought about having, like, it be an like episode on its own but like stuff happens with this in this episode that kind of like correlates to the journal and um i think for you know i have all my notes of what i want um up until the first few years of the journal um and as i'm going throughout the rest of the season every few episodes we're going to be talking about the john journal um so the first ish, uh, entry is from November 16th, and it's where John says that he goes to Missouri and he learns the truth. And that led him to meeting a man by the name of Fletcher Gable, who tells John to write everything down. And John says that Mary kept journal, and he wonders what's in them. And I wonder what's in them. I, I really do, because like I think that like it's a very huntery thing to do, is to keep a journal and to like your lore and stuff. And I want to know, what was in Mary's journals? Were they hunting journals of her time growing up are they you know just everyday life and you know with john and the boys what's in them and i wish there was something like um we know that like the the whole house didn't burn down but that is one thing that didn't survive and i've always wondered like what would have happened if they were there you know we got to see him and maybe it was in the box at home like that was something i want to know like that box that she gives them one of the photos there's a lot more in there and i wish we got to see what was in that box, you know? So he talks about staying with friends and one of the friends suggests a therapist. And he says, and I'm quoting here, I never saw a shrink for anything I went through in the Marines and I got through that. Well, John, um, you probably should have. Um, for this and well, for what you went through the Marine, in the, with the Marines, um, especially with war and, and this, like you should have, you really should have, like, yeah, no, that's not healthy. That's not healthy at all. Like, your wife fucking died. Imagine the fucking world if the boys would have grown up with John just went to, grown up in, if John just went to therapy. Even if they were still hunting. I think John was still had started hunting. Like, he needed to find this out. But just, if he went to therapy even once, you know? Dean needs therapy so bad, and so does Sam. Like, oh my god, do they need therapy? And I know that they go to therapy that one time for that shapeshifter with Jack. But they need to go more. But we find out that they held a funeral for Mary um, in Illinois, where she's from. But, like, he didn't go. And he talks about drinking too much and seeing and hearing things, which is not healthy. But what's interesting in the journal so far is Dean in this, like, first few passages. Um, John says that Dean barely talks. And this is that we learned in the show in a previous episode. Um, and it, it comes up later on. Like, Dean didn't talk at first, really. And when John wakes up, he see, in the morning, he sees that Dean is in Sam's crib, like, holding him, protecting him. And I think that when John put Sam in Dean's arms and told him to run out of the house the night of fire that started this that was the start like I said in the pilot like 
that was the start of John no longer being Sam's father. And it was Dean. Dean, it was Dean. Dean raised him since he was four years old. And fuck, I hate that man. Anyways, Mike, um, Mike, along with this, what seems to be his wife, Kate, um, which are people that John is staying with, um, there's still, like, a bunch of people in the beginning, and it's kind of, like, hard to, like, figure out who they are, um, but whatever, um, tells John to get it together, and Mike seemingly gives him a check, like, I've read that passage over and over again, and I'm trying to figure out where he gets a check, and I don't fucking see it, and John cashes it, and guess what he fucking buys? A bunch of fucking guns. He sees Missouri again, and she tells him that he has to make a blood sacrifice, so John pulls out one of his own fucking fingernails, like, Bro, she said a blood sacrifice. Just cut your fucking hand or something. Don't pull out one of your fucking nails. Jesus, fuck. Like, you gotta make a blood sacrifice. Okay, rip. You could just cut your fucking hand. Why did you do that? <laughs> you know, like, what the fuck, John? But, uh... So she has a vision, and she sees, she finds this, like, fucking bloody mess in the neighbor's house with the words, we're coming for the children in blood on the wall. And he goes to Julie's house. And if you're wondering who the fuck are these people, don't fucking ask me. Read the fucking book. You can find it online. And you're going to be just as confused as I am. Um, it's written as a journal, so you got to remember, like, John knows who these people are. We necessarily don't, and we're not going to get the exposition. John's not going to be like, I'm staying at so-and-so's house, and they live here, and I've met them now. No, it's like John and, you know, like, uh, what are their names? Mike and Kate, fucking Julie. Um, so it's, they go to Julie's house, and where the boys are, and she finds, like, they're okay, but she's, like, fucking dead, torn apart. And Missouri finds a tooth in... Julie's body has like some markings on stuff and it was after that that they left Lawrence you know they finally leave Lawrence so um the first case that John deals with is a hellhound three days after after this in Eureka am I saying that right Eureka I don't fucking know anyways a day later, John kills a shapeshifter, and Dean is witness to this. I guess it's, like, in front of the roadhouse, right? And you remember, he's only four years old, and he just saw his dad murder a man in cold blood. Not a shifter, but a man. A human. And this happened in front of, like, and happened right in front of him. And, like, Dean doesn't know this is shifter, and now at this point, like, imagine how traumatic it is. Jesus. Uh, but on the 31st is when John learns of demons. And he doesn't really believe fully, like, this is going to be a thing throughout the entire journal, but, like, he doesn't really necessarily believe, but he does, but he doesn't. And in the passage, John says, I'm not a, I'm not a hunter, I'm a husband and a father who wants revenge for his wife. In my notes, there's something that says, John to Dean photo. Did I save a photo of this? I did. Um, oh, so there's this point where he's, um, when they're talking about demons, um, somebody else, another hunter, had said that, you know, a demon had killed his wife. And there's something that's kind of funny in here because it's um, a quote from the drone says, he goes on about demons. A demon killed his wife, he says. And just expect me to believe it. But what he looks like to me is someone who let grief turn him into a monster. Really, John? Really? Like, the amount of fucking self-aware that could have been happening here. Whatever happened to his wife doesn't excuse what he's done. Really? Because whatever happened to him fucking Mary does not fucking excuse the abuse you put the fucking boys through. I can't let myself turn into him. I'm not a hunter. I'm a husband and father who just wants revenge for his wife. Like, really? 
I get at this point, like, John isn't doing total shit. But he's going to come, become that. He's going to become the monster, you know? Um, but then he says, here's what I wish to say to Dean. Your brother's too young to understand any of this. But you're beginning to. And that scares me. Since your mother died, I've, been, I've seen unspeakable things. And now you've seen them. And that's my fault. I feel the darkness of the road I'm traveling on now. It's not a place for you. One day you'll see. I had to leave you today. But when I'm done, I promise you, the day will come that I will never have to leave you again. Until then, I can only pray that you're strong enough to look after Sam. One of us has to be. He's fucking four years old. This isn't some fucking teenager that you're talking to that you could just fucking leave home for days at a time. No, this is a fucking four-year-old who you have left alone. And yes, there's adults around, but you left him in the fucking roadhouse with hunters. You're sitting there and you're writing about what you want to tell your son, your toddler, that you want him. He has to be strong enough to look at Sam. He's not. He's four. He shouldn't have to be. He should not have to be strong. He's a baby. Right. Fuck. Fucking hate John. John so far has been hunting alongside a man that goes by the name of H, who he eventually kills along with um, not long after. And the next case is Doc Benton, who we will see in season three. And there's a lot of this in the John journal. Um, and I won't be covering every single passage in the journal um, in this episode, like I said before. Um, and, and definitely not every passage within the journal itself, just stuff that I think that stands out and that are really important. And the journal also includes like newspaper clippings and drawings and stuff, including quite a few things with Reagan. Which, okay. There's like some political stuff in there, like, okay. Also, there's that whole thing of like, when we get there to like 2001 in the journal, where John thinks that like 9-11 has something to do with the supernatural. I think that like if John, if this show took place now, I think John would be like one of those fucking QAnon people. Like, I really do. Like, so I think, oh Jesus, John would be like a like a flat earther QAnon. He'd be the, he would have been there on like um uh. The uh, the uh, the riots at uh, Capitol Hill in January was that like last year now, this year. I don't even know fucking time anymore. Like the fucking pandemic has like fucking destroyed my perception of time. Um, if you told me the Australian wildfires happened like ten years ago, I'd believe you. But if you told me it was like a year ago, like two years ago, I'd be like, no, that was like a fucking decade ago. <laughs> like that was a decade ago. What are you talking about? Anyways. John says that the fire that night, like, leaped out at him, and he goes back to the roadhouse after, like, the holidays or whatever, and John wants a place where he can, like, learn to become a hunter, and he says that he wants to kill. John, you've already killed. You've, you've said this already. And no. So, the entry for Dean's fifth birthday, John says that he's, like, has a taken for guns. Which is a massive fucking red flag. And on Sam's first birthday, John says um, that he meets Daniel Elkins, who takes him hunting vampires. And we know Daniel from season one, Dead Man's Blood. And in said episode, Dean remarks that he believes vampires aren't real. And that John never, like, mentioned them. Um, But John says that he thought, like, they were extinct. Which, again, John's a bad hunter. And I love that, like, vampires continuously come up. Like, they were around. Where the fuck were they when John was, you know, before this, between this part of the journal and um, when we see them again? Like, where the fuck were they? Were they like, oh, I'm just going to lay low for a while? Like, all the vampires are just going to chill out for a bit? Like, give it 20 years. We'll be fine. We'll just be dormant for 20 fucking... Really? Like, what the fuck are you doing? Bad hunter. So Sam um, takes his first steps on uh john and mary's sixth anniversary and he walks to dean which is really telling once again on who raised him 
when Dean is six, he is still yet to start school. So John is starting teaching him, you know, starting to teach him young about all, you know, starting him young, teaching him all about monsters. And it's not until he's like almost seven that he finally goes to school in the first grade. And at this point, Dean knows John as a hunter. Um, and it's not long after that he takes Dean shooting. And he says that he's good at a gun, good with a gun. And he remarks that Sammy isn't the same. And he doesn't think that Sam has the same killer instinct as Dean does. Here's the thing. Dean is seven, which makes Sam, um, how old is Sam? Three. I'm so sorry. I'm so dumb. He's three. Of course he doesn't have a fucking killer instinct. He's fucking three. There's just... I just... There's just another point in the the journal when on Sam's uh, fifth birthday where John says that he almost didn't make it. Um, That John missed a shot. He missed a kill. And he says that Dean couldn't pull the trigger when he needed to. And that the boy, you know, the boy's nine at that point. And he calls him weak. And it's just... There's this whole thing where, like, um, when when Dean's 11, he gives him um, a, a gun and starts, like, actually officially, like, start training him to hunt. And he says that, or maybe it was when he was nine or seven, I don't remember which one, but there's a point where, like, Dean's, like, really, really young, and John's, like, says that if he's old enough to comfort me, he's old enough to learn the tools of the trade. And it was like he saw he's so fucking emotionally constipated that like he sees weakness of Dean comforting his father. He sees it as weakness, like showing emotion is weakness. And it's like, well, if you can show fucking fucking empathy, you can fucking kill. Like and he he thinks that like weakness is something, you know, that you don't want. Like he doesn't need that. And Especially with Sam, he sees Sam as weak, and like even when he's three years old, he sees him as weak. I just Sam has every fucking right to be angry at John, and I know that's a whole thing that comes up, and you know it's talked about a lot. And Sam's like, "Oh, I forgive John," and all this. Shut the fuck up. He's a horrible fucking person, and you fucking know it. Stand up for yourself, Sammy. Family don't end in blood, and just because they're blood doesn't mean they're fucking family. Fuck. Anyways, there's a lot of symbols, like, drawn down around this time. Um, with, like, Jewish symbolism. Mostly fucking Hebrew. Um, and none of it really says anything, um, from what I can make out. I've tried to sit there and, like, is either, like, John's handwriting is just full of shit, or it just doesn't make sense. Um, but, Yeah. Oh, stuff that come on later on. But. John kills Bill. Ellen's husband. And, you know, and Joe's dad. But he was, like, possessed. And it was John's fault for moving the salt ring by accident. But. But for each uh, anniversary of John and Mary's, uh, John recounts, like, a metal or, like, material that goes along with the number of years of the anniversary. And on the ninth one, um. John says that his sons have to be soldiers, that sons have to be soldiers, and, um, no, they fucking don't, but, Dean got a, a subscription to World Weekly News and had to learn to the school, like, how is he paying for that, like, John doesn't even know, and he's like, huh, okay, how is he paying for that, fucking starting the hustle young, Angels are first mentioned um, on December 27th, 1988. Um, uh, December 27th, did I say that? Yeah. Um, but it's a symbol, like these two symbols, and it says a variation supposed to be for summoning and speaking to angels. But I've never met a hunter who believed in angels, not even ones who have seen demons. You know, as opposed to the uh, like demon summoning stuff and um, demon traps. Uh, the, the devil traps that, you know, we, it's mentioned in the journal before. Um, so, 
the other thing that you know, like when we do see casts, um, you know, when they're trying to figure out what did it, um, in Lazarus Rising, you know, it's no hunter's seen them, but there's so much lore and angels, and uh, I think it's kind of interesting. I don't know, but but John talks about Reagan, like I said before, like. There's, like, newspaper clippings of, like, headlines about him a few times, and it's weird. That's in my notes, so I'm just reading that again. I think I wrote that down twice. But on Dean's 10th birthday, he says, um, oh, God, this is why. All right, so on Dean's 10th birthday, he, tell, he says that 100 told him that Reagan was the avatar of the Antichrist. Like, <laughs> I would suspect that John would be a big supporter of Reagan. Fun fact, Reagan's grave is a all-gender bathroom. This is fact. So is John's. <laughs> uh. <laughs> uh. Um, Dean's 11 when he gets his first gun as well. So uh, I, I think I'm going to leave off there for the journal. Um, so, uh, fucking moving on to other fandom news, um, y'all see the boys? First three episodes are out, so let me tell you the fucking, uh, I'm in, like, a, a few group chats that were, like, all watching it at the same time, and on one of them, it's me and two other friends, and we were just fucking having a riot with it, and then in this Discord server that I'm in, um, which, hey, y'all, I love you guys. Uh, we were fucking just having a riot with it. Um, <laughs> like, oh my god, that scene. So, like, uh, spoilers for the boys. That first fucking scene with the fucking termite. Oh my god, it's gonna be, it's been, like, over 24 hours. And it's just fresh in my memory. And I haven't watched it again. And it's there. And I can't unfucking see it. Poor Timothy, R.I.P. Like, uh, yes. Jesus, we got the trailer for uh, Gotham Knights, and am I going to watch it? Yeah, probably. I I love Batman and stuff like that, and I love Misha so much. But we can just tell, like, he's going to fucking carry that show. So, but... Oh, God, I saw this, uh, a friend of mine, um, you know the scene where, um, like, Lucifer, like, knocks the door off for Castle's death and, like, calls him, and he, Dean thinks that it's, uh, Cass, and he races up the stairs and throws open the door, and it's fucking Lucifer, one of my friends, there was a post that was, like, somebody make it, like, a, like, a thing, like, um, like a gif or chif or however you fucking say it, I say gif, I don't care. Um, of that, but when he opens the door, it's, you know, Misha's Harvey Dent, and a friend of mine did that, and so that was really cool. Like, that fucking broke my heart. Oh, gosh. Um, but I, I, I'm not, like, I'm not looking forward to it. Um, I don't think, like, okay, so I know it's not out yet, so, like, I don't know, but, like, I, I'm just not, like, super excited about it. I'm excited for Misha. Um, We've learned uh, a bit more that, like, the Winchester's coming out in the fall recently. Um, and like I said before, like, with this, I will be doing the rewatch episodes and, like, the like the other ones with other things, as well as talking about the Winchesters. Um, so, but goddamn, they were surely fucking right, you know. Uh, I, I was right, you know. Uh the song did lie to us. There will be no peace when we are when you when we're done. And we thought we were done with supernatural, and we're fucking not, you know. But um, as far as Walker, I know like Independence they call it Independence or something. I don't know. I don't watch Walker. Um, it, it's not really like anything against Jarrett, which I am. Uh, yeah, I'm not really a Jarrett fan. Um, I'm a Sam fan. Yes, I'm not really a Jarrett fan. Um. It has nothing to do with that. Like, I just don't, it doesn't, you know, tickle my fancy. Um, it's not something that I'd be into. And I know that, like, 
Uh, if I did try to sit there and watch it, I probably wouldn't enjoy it. I saw the first episode and I've seen clips and stuff and it just doesn't interest me. Um, but I am actually kind of interested in this prequel to it. And I'm thinking like I might just start watching Walker um, just so I can understand better because it does interest me, you know, because um, I'm into stuff like that at least. Um, what else has happened? Oh, Jensen was in uh, Big Sky and that was that was fun. We're going to have to talk about it. We're going to have to talk about it. We're going to have to talk about Jensen's outfit at fucking Upfronts. Um, first of all, he looked like a sleazy 70s porno director, and I am fucking here for it. And, uh, <laughs> but the collar had, like, the blue and green, and, oh, gosh, like, I just, his nails, too, like, I think I have if you're hearing that noise, there's like noise in the background. But that video got way more views than it should have. So I did this video with um the what does it mean thing. And it has 23.1k views. Like that's more than it should. Also for the trailer for the Winchesters. First of all, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god. So why the fuck was Cass, like, spliced in there? Like, there's this part in the fucking Winchester's uh, trailer where, like, it's, like, Cass walking through the fucking, like, his shadow. Why is he there? Like, I know they're fucking Cass baiting us. And I know it's, we're never going to get the fucking conclusion that we want. It's not going to happen. Am I hopeful? Yes. Do I trust the Ackles and Robbie? 100%. Especially Daniil. I trust her. But I just, what? Why was that there? I want fucking answers. Also, fucking Carlos, love them so much. But so we see Dean, right, in the beginning. He's writing this journal. First of all, the hair, the fucking hair. He looks, I think he's in heaven. Like, he has to be in heaven. It wouldn't make sense. I know people are saying before, like, oh, it takes place in the time period um, between, you know, Despair and Carry On and the ending of Carry On and the scene. And which we've heard different stories about, like, um, the time frame. Some people say it's, like, X amount of months or some people say it's X amount of years. Um, I don't think there's been, like, a definitive. But I think that no matter what, like, Dean wouldn't do that. He wouldn't, like, grow his hair out and then cut it. It just doesn't make sense. Um, but he seems to be, he, you know, we see that he's talking about, you know, look, trying to find answers and find out the real story of his parents. And I know we have a lot of issues with, um, keeping canon and, uh, continuity to the show. And I, I'm very interested, it's inter interested in to see where they go with that, especially with Robbie, who has been very consistent with, um, keeping, you know, canon. Um, but... Uh, one thing that I did see many people talking about, um, I brought it up, of course, is that you see the Samulet, and it's hanging in the uh, rearview mirror. And I just, I think Dean's gorgeous in the trailer. I don't know what it is. So I, he looks, like, a lot older and just dealing with stuff. Um, and I think, I don't know, I think, um, I, I have a thing for, like, older Dean. Um, if you know me, uh, if you, like, personally know me, you know me. You know that I have this, um, a fix-it series called the Himboverse on AO3. And I think I've talked about it on here. And, um, Dean's, like, uh, older in it. In the prequel of it, Three Steps Back, it's between the ages of, like, 41 and 49, up until he's 50. And then the fic itself, the, the one-shot fic, he's, um, 49 in a few of them, but he's mostly, like, 50 to 53. And I, I love older Dean. I like Dean to be old and to grow old. And I like that it fixed that, you know, just some old gay dude. I am a gay Dean truther in many ways. I still think Dean is like, I don't I'm kind of like conflicted on like Dean's sexuality because on one hand, I do think that Dean is, so at the root of all, I think Dean's gay. Um, But in terms of like bisexuality, yeah, but like I think Dean's gay. I don't know, but, um, but a lot of things in the show, I think that, like, 
I think like within six, I'm like a gay dean truther, but within the show, I think Dean is bi. Um, because there's more evidence for him being bi than gay. So I think that he does. I know every says, well, he has a preference for women. He leads towards women. I think it's the complete opposite. I think he has a preference for men. Um, but there's issues in his life, especially dealing with his father, that makes him not lean towards women um, for like a preference, but um, that's what he goes for more because he thinks he has to. But on the, I made a fucking TikTok of like, um, like Dean with the uh, of against like baby writing the journal, and it's like, do y'all remember the fucking emo song from like fifteen years ago? Dear diary, mood apathetic. Like, <laughs> I meant to do a bigger version of it, but I just never got around to doing it, which is like the fucking story of my life. Like, I'm gonna do this, never fucking does it, but. Uh, I'm surprised, like, I haven't, like, fucking backed out yet of the Dean Cass Big Bank, which I am doing, but actually, I, I had to rewrite my story. I was originally going to do another story, um, but I, I've written it, and I'm going to be uploading it to AO3 anyway, since it wasn't, it's not what I'm submitting, um, but I'm very excited for y'all to see the fic that I'm working on for the, for the Big Bank, as well as the Trans Big Bank, um, I'm doing that one as well, I'm very excited for these two. But I got a lot of fix in the works right now, and it's just, like, overwhelming. <laughs> and plus, like, I write for a living. Like, that's my job. Like, I am a writer. And so, like, writing all these fix and, like, writing for work and stuff, it's, like, it's a lot. You know? But I think I'm a shit writer. I don't know. But uh, the scripts for uh, Winchester 4-on-1, so, like, the first season of it, are done. I'm just, like, waiting a bit because I want to do, like, a time jump. And so I thought, well, if I'm going to do a time jump, I, I don't want to be like, oh, like, like, here's the first episode. And like a week later, it's been like six months. Like, no, I'm going to wait a few weeks. So that's going to be coming out later on this week, um, the second episode of it. And um, the first season is done and I'm not going to have anybody else on um, within the first season. But if you do want to be on Winchester 411, um, uh, just reach out to me. Let me know. Um, I'm on, y'all know where to find me, um, but, yeah, it's, like, fucking 7 o'clock in the morning right now, and I haven't been to bed, and, uh, my husband and I are going to be going, uh, to this really cool place to do some urban exploration, and I'm gonna stop along the way and get some new whore boots, because my favorite pair of whore boots, my dog decided were hers and chewed. And, um, I, I'm going to get, like, a new pair of them. I have other pairs of horror boots. I just want to, I want to replace those ones because those are really nice. And, um, they're really comfortable. They weren't, like, the Carolinas or the, uh, Chippewas. But they were another brand, and they were really nice. And they were really good for everyday wear. I think it's funny, like, with the horror boots, you get a lot of people who, um, get them especially the carolinas and like are very like pristine with them and i respect it i do i i you know like they people i've seen people um you know they don't want to wear them every day or you know they take really good care of them and i respect it 100 percent. don't get me wrong but i think it's really funny in comparison to my hard boots because i'm wearing them every day you know and uh I'm going out doing dumb shit with them and working in them. And it's, it was really fun at uh, HellerCon because a lot of us have those shoes and have or that same like style of work boots. And I was wearing my everyday ones, which aren't the Carolinas, like I said. And uh, just seeing my like beat up work boots and everybody's like really nice and clean ones. And I think it's kind of funny, you know. I mean, it doesn't really mean shit, but I think it's kind of funny. But I do have a few pairs that I do kind of keep in pristine condition um, because there's more for, like, more, um, they're, like, my dressier uh, whore boots, you know. I have to take good care of those ones. Um, so, but, yeah, I don't know. Why are we talking about whore boots again? Oh, but, yeah, we're going to go do that. And, I don't know. I might make some TikToks of having fun. 
I might jump off a building today. They're really not that high. They're only like one story. And like, there's like this, to where we're going, I'm not gonna say exactly where um, just yet. If You'll see it on my TikTok. But there's all these fucking like, uh, like giant mud puddles. And I really wanna see like if I can jump into those, one of those fucking mud puddles. And if you're thinking, well, JJ, what the fuck? Uh, well, uh, if you're going to be dumb, you got to be tough. And I am very fucking stupid. But I'm tough and I can fucking do this. And I've done it before. But. Uh, I don't know. So fun fact about me. I got a little tattoo of Gunther in a little devil outfit from Adventure Time. I don't know why I said that. I'm just like looking at it. But I'm rambling now. So. I don't know. I'm rambling now. Um, that was our episode. Home. Part of the John Journal. Me talking about stuff. I don't know. I'm fucking hungry and I need coffee in my system. We need to get going around noon and it's like a three hour drive there. And it's, ugh. It's exhausting. I don't know. I don't know, okay? Like, it's, 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 uh, it's, yeah. So, um, I don't know. Love you.